Hey everybody, um, here we are at the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and um, this episode we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a keyword that I find that comes up a lot in uh, text messages or PMs and emails and just conversations that I have with guests and people that I talk with often about in regards to art, and that is a huge word, which is authenticity. I have my own viewpoints on authenticity. They're very much uniquely my own. They're based on my own life and the process in which I've gone through and discovering my own authenticity and how I'm constantly trying to fight for it. I think it's really important more now than ever. I feel like people are trying to make everything gray or um, remove the outliners in society, which I think is kind of a problem. I think authenticity is something that's really key and it's a powerful part of the overall artistic lifestyle and just being an artist in general is being uniquely authentic to yourself. I think it's uh, in, 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 intrinsically important to be in, uh, in, to be authentic to yourself, not only in your creativity, just but generally in your life. You know, you're going to find that life is just more balanced, and you're going to find better things and better relationships and better people in your life if you're willing to be authentic with yourself. There's a couple of study. There's a couple of stories that I'm going to share, and there are a couple of them I think you've probably heard if you're an avid listener of the podcast. But one of the things that always comes to mind when I'm sitting down drawing, and this can pertain to you in whatever field of life that you're doing, um, you just change the roles basically. But one of the artists. <laughs> excuse me, that I find um, that I always think about when I'm think, considering being authentic is the comic book illustrator artist Mike Mignola. Mike Mignola um, has been in the business for quite some time and he came up during an age where people were over detailing uh, comic panels and there, you know, there's an incredible need to in, put a lot of impactful drama and, um, you know, lots of details and stuff. And if you look back at his very early work, you can kind of see him mimicking or working within that kind of constraint but the further along he got in his career the more he pulled away from that those urges and he kind of discovered his own style and i had met with him um at a comic-con and i went and sat at a panel and, and i found it fascinating because he has had over the years he's really distilled his art down and he's been completely authentic and he he said something that always kind of stuck with me whenever i feel like doubting my own authenticity and he said, you know, I wasn't really interested in drawing every window in a building like other artists were. I was interested in what was the main point of the story and what was the main thing that was pushing, you know, forward the, the actual concept of the story. And whatever that was, he would figure out what it is and distill everything down to the core aspect. So it wasn't about all the noise. It was basically just whatever is propelling the story. And he was willing to go and take a risk. And every year he was slowly distilling and pulling it away. And it did, it did take time. And he was very patient, I think. And he's incredibly hardworking, as you can tell. He has a, a massive career. He's created his own IPs. And he does a lot of amazing things. And uh, I always think of him. He's, a, he's kind of one of those people, you know. And you should have those in your head of a person that kind of shows you, like, it's okay to be authentic. In my whole life, I was like, you know, early on in my childhood, I wanted to be a comic book artist, and I still do. There's, there's still a, a, so an inkling of in, inside of me to do so, even though I think it's probably against all my best judgment. It's something I just want to do. And Mike Mignola is one of those those comic book artists that I really admire because sometimes I would sit down and I would go, well, I can't, I don't necessarily draw like Mike Mignola. I don't draw like uh, Otomo or any of these people. I just draw like myself. And the more I was willing to just kind of 
give myself to my own authenticity and be weird and different, I was willing, I was realizing that I was being authentically, authentically myself. So it's really important. Another person that I bring up a lot when it comes to this is Frank Frazetta, who is an incredible illustrator and a painter and artist and just an all around amazing um, creative. And he would always say like, because he would have a lot of mimics, basically a lot of people would try to clone him and they did an incredible job. There's a lot of like, he kind of set a trend and he had a lot of um, basically people, you know, being influenced by his work and kind of mimicking his style. And he would say like, why be a second rate Frazetta when you can be a first rate you? And that was always a line that I remember too. And, and when you hear it, it's kind of like easy advice, right? But it's something that's really important. Again, I'm using illustrators and stuff as an example because that's from my I come from and that's kind of like my inspiration. But those are a couple of things that are really f fascinating to me. And la the last example I really want to bring up is George Lucas. When George Lucas, um, from what I understand, and this is, I don't know him personally and I, I've only studied him from afar. So I only have, you know, semi-truth on these things, but all the documentaries and things I'd watch. But when George was out making Star Wars, he was kind of like just kind of made fun of and he wasn't taken seriously. You know, even the actors on set would say, you know, like they would be joking. You know, they wouldn't understand what he was talking about when they would read the script. And they were kind of making fun of it. They weren't realizing the impact it was going to have. You know, he was really he uh, George was willing to be authentic and unique and different. And if you if you really pay attention and listen to his his interviews, um, or listen to his commentary. He he's a very very interesting guy and incredibly authentic. I, I strongly strongly suggest watching his film THX 1138 and also listening to his commentary. It's really great, and he was willing to be authentic and different. And that's a smaller example in a sense um, in regards to Star Wars as a whole. But and then there's a lot more about George Lucas's career. Again, I'm 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 showcasing famous uh, high level creative people. And the reason why I'm explaining them is because they all took a risk to be authentic. And it's really important. I think it's really important to be authentic because of what it contributes to the community. I think if you are not willing to be authentic, you're not really feeding the community back. You know, some of my favorite artists um, have had the most impact on me are the ones that are not like the others. You know, they're very unique. And those are the ones that remind me, you know, to be authentic and to be unique and to be uncommon and be yourself, I think is really important. Some things that, you know, if you're asking yourself, well, how do I know if I'm being authentic? Some of the things that I know in, re in regards to me and myself when I know I'm being completely authentic is time really just flies by. Time doesn't have any kind of like power or weight, really. It just kind of goes away. And I'm just in my mode. I'm being myself and I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing that I enjoy doing, basically. Time flies by. Another another cue is, is there's a couple negative things with uh, being authentic. And one of them is um, people question you. You know, they see what you're doing. You're going against the grain and they're questioning you. They're wondering, why is it that you're doing that? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And they question you. That's a good sign that you're onto the right path. Another one is that people are going to be jealous of you. It's a very common thing, especially amongst artists. But in general, it's a human trait. I think it's kind of uh, it's just a natural thing. So if people are jealous of you or they're asking you or questioning you what you're doing, it usually means that you're being authentic. And another one is people are going to doubt you, you know, because they're going to, well, why are you doing this? You know, oh, why don't you just keep doing that? They're going to, why are you drawing like that? You know, if you go to Mike Mignola, why don't you draw those, all those windows? And, you know, I don't want to, you know, I want to draw the way I draw. Thankfully and luckily in his time span in his career, he's managed to figure out using his authenticity to be unique. And that just comes down to him working really hard. And that's a really important part. So those are the kind of keys that I think that 
will show you that you're on to being authentic. The next one that's really important is you have to work through it. You have to work through the, you know, the grind, the, the, the kind of the rough part of being authentic. What I mean by that is people are, like I said, people are going to question you. They're going to be jealous of you. They're most likely going to doubt you and you have to work through that, but it's worth it because you're going to be authentically yourself. And there's one thing that I must say is really important is there's no one on this planet other than you, you're the only version of yourself. You know, you're not me, I'm not you, and you're uniquely your own self. And that's really important. And I think that's something that you should really celebrate because that's really at the core, your power. You know, your power is your own variety in which you bring to the rest of the community. And being authentic is great. If you're not being authentic, you're robbing yourself and you're robbing the the overall uh, community of creativity, basically. Um, again, as I mentioned, it won't be easy. And it's going to go against most of the things that you've been commonly heard. And um, it's something that, you know, I'm I'm always learning. I'm always trying to go at too. I'm not perfect. These are This is advice that I'm giving to myself as well. But I'm also giving it to you because it's the things that I've learned over the years. And it's the things that I've found that have propelled me. I've only gotten to work with these big clients and these big people and all this kind of stuff because I've been able to take the risk and be authentic, go against the grain. If I just kept doing designs and all the stuff that was what I knew and I had a skill at and I was crafting it. If I just kept that way, then, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be authentic to myself because me as a person, I like to do many different things. Again, if you like to just do design or focus on photography or whatever it might be, just focus on that. Is that if that's what the thing makes you feel authentic and that's what you connect with, then spiritually, then just do that thing. Um, those are, those are really important things. And so that's kind of my overall thought process on authenticity. I think it's, you know, it's just a really important thing. It's a high, high level value and, and who you are and what you bring to the table as a creative. And I think it's, I'm hoping that this, you know, is going to help foster that if you're on the edge of not being authentic, or if you're doing what you're doing for likes and acceptance and all that kind of stuff, it's a slippery slope. You're going to eventually run out of, um, fuel for that, you know, be authentic for yourself and be unique. Again, when you're authentic and unique, people are going to question you, people are going to doubt you. You're not going to be necessarily instantly, um, you know, praised. It's going to be a longer, um, a longer, I wouldn't say battle, but it's going to be a longer journey for you, but it will be one that's worth living promise. Okay. So that's authenticity. Let's talk a little bit about our guest today. Um, I've been following Vimble's work for quite a long time now. I've been kind of following from, um, from afar he was kind enough to give me some really amazing tips on kind of what he does. And I, I love it when I reach out to a creative and they're just kindly open to sharing their knowledge. That always tells me that they're at a higher level, um, that they're willing to go like, hey, like I'm not, you know, this is what I do. You know, I'm willing to share that. I love that part of it. So um, Bimmel is an, an incredible, if you look at his art, you can see he's an incredible modeler and, and digital sculptor. He works currently at Double Negative, but he was freelancing and he loves to travel. We talk a little bit about his childhood and kind of where this came from was like a, a, a competition against his brothers, which I think is, is awesome. And he got, a, he got obsessed with it and he kind of just stuck with it. And I find that to be awesome because he found his calling earlier on in life and he just he literally has just been keeping at it all these years now which has been awesome and he comes from india which is totally against the grain you know and in the beginning you'll hear in the interview he's going to talk about like how it was it's uncommon to do what he does but i really love that and i always praise that and again you know he's being authentically himself 
we talk a little bit about his uh, current love of skydiving, which he got into, and how much he loves traveling and what he gets out of traveling, how important that is. And again, uh, talking about his work and how he gets obsessed with it, but how healthy it is. And I, I, I love that. I love, I love that he has found a happy place for himself within his creativity and constantly getting better. The thing is that he's not just doing it because it, it just makes him happy, but he does it because it gives him new challenges and he's constantly trying to improve and work and get better. So um, it's just been, it's really cool. It's a, it's a cool conversation. I really enjoyed it and I'm just really stoked to, to have him on the show. So um, let's begin. We have episode 186. We're all the way at 186. We got Vimal Kirketa and uh, let's begin everybody. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's um, we spoke. It's kind of cool because Skype um, will document the last time wherever you talk with somebody, and it's been I think a year now since we last spoke when you were in Thailand. Yeah. And so it's really cool to have you here now, and now we're doing the podcast together. So that's awesome. So thanks for for being here. Thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for inviting me, man. You're welcome. This is um, yeah, like I've been following your work for quite some time now. I think I came upon your work um, either through a friend or uh, just randomly somebody sent me something of your work. And yeah, mm -hmm. I just really appreciate it. I love, um, yeah, like the, the seeing your journey from afar and then now following you obviously like on social media and getting these like pop-ups of your, of your progress on the sculpts and things you're doing. So it's been really cool to... Um, follow you as a fan and then you were kind enough to give me some tips and advice as, in regards to using zbrush for sculpting and all that kind of stuff because as we all know it's it's got a learning curve of its own yeah. um but no it's it's been really awesome and it's been cool to watch your journey so it's just um i'm stoked to have you here and yeah i'm excited to talk a little bit about what where you come from what inspires you why you decided to do this and kind of your journey so far and where you're going so yeah let's dig into it Usually what I like to do is um, kind of start with, you know, the, the beginnings uh, of where you come from and like how this how you decided to do what you're doing now. Being an artist is actually quite a unique and different kind of thing. It's not a super common um, career attribute, um, yeah, exactly. especially doing kind of like what you're doing, which I think a lot of people probably the general populace probably doesn't understand what it is. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so where did this all come from? Like, were you creative as a child and, you know, did, do you have parents that were creative around you? Like how'd this kind of come to be? So like, uh, so actually we are like four brothers and I'm the youngest. Okay. And all of my brother used to draw a bit. So like I was since childhood, I was very competitive with my, with my brothers. <laughs> so I used to see their work and I, okay, I'm going to be want to make something better than that. So since childhood, I was used to draw a lot. And on, I mean, I was, I was really, really obsessed with portraits. So it's not me. I mean, I used to draw like literally like every day I used to draw portraits. Then like, uh, and I was actually an average student. And after like, after completing my, my high school, I didn't have any idea what to do in my life. I didn't even know that if I can make any career in art. Mm -hmm. So after doing after like high school, my my dad told me like to do like any course or something to get a 
government job. So basically, what happens in India? So it's it's very you common. You grew up in to, India, then, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, what I'm, part of India did you grow up in? Uh, from I'm from North, so from New Delhi. That's okay, like uh, that's New Delhi, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a massive city, right? It's really big, man. Like heavily populated city, right? Heavily, heavily, yeah. and it's growing more. So <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted just getting more context for you. So, yeah, so you grew up no. and you were competitive with your brothers and you didn't know, like you weren't a, be- a really good student, but you wanted to do art for a living, but you weren't sure if you were going to be able to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it so, not a common trait or a skill to do out in India to be an artist? I think I, I didn't even know, like, even if I'm drawing, I didn't even know that I can, I can make a career out of it. Sure. It's more of like so, a hobby. Yeah. Gotcha. So okay. it was just hobby. So when I then I took an admission in like uh, in computer science honors. So it's like it's like software engineering, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But when I joined, I used to draw like just portraits. Even I, I used to skip classes. I used to draw when I was like sitting at the back of the class. I was drawing. <laughs> so and I was like I was just average student even in that. Yeah. So. But you were possessed. You kept drawing like portraits yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. yeah. When you would I mean, first start drawing portraits, was it just paper and pencil or? Yeah, just paper and pencil. I, I actually didn't even know. I didn't have the knowledge like I, which pencil to use. I just I had single pencil. Sure. Like HB and I was just drawing. <laughs> yeah. But you were just possessed and, and obsessed yeah. with, with getting like just just drawing that's basically it right yeah yeah exactly i didn't have any art knowledge or something so so after like i spent like three years uh in the in a university and somehow like i completed it <laughs> but I, I i actually knew that this is not for me yeah this is not completely for me just after completing uni i was like okay i have to change something i have to change my line this is not for me i i Took a took a month off and a search for some uni some like institute just to learn softwares. So finally, I took a admission in very very small institute. When I came there, then actually I came to know that this is the thing. I mean, just going there, I knew that this is the thing I have to do. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it just kind of hits you, huh? When it hits you, you're like, okay, exactly. finally, it's, it's like, like finally, it's it's I'm I'm here and this is what I said we should be doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that at that moment, I just learned Photoshop at that time. Hmm. I was like, oh, what, this what is year so cool. are we at here? I think it was 2008 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Photoshop's been around for a bit and it's like, we're, what's like Photoshop 7 or something? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Think somewhere so. around there. Yeah. Yeah. So like I learned Photoshop and I was like, okay, I can draw portraits in Photoshop now. <laughs> so. So I was doing like caricatures, a lot of caricatures. I uh, wanted to capture the essence of the of the characters. I mean, of the, of the people, and like really obsessed with the with the faces. So that's I mean, it's just a medium. Yeah. And I was just using the medium, but like my passion for portraits was since my childhood. Sure, and just yeah. the likeness of it. What is it about portraiture that captures you? It's, I don't know why, but like it's it's the essence. It's Capturing the somebody's essence. Pardon? Capturing somebody's essence or their 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 appearance? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I just want to replicate things I see. 
mm. especially the emotions of people in the sculpt sure. or even if you're in caricature that's why that's why what i learned doing caricatures is i try to feel the characters what's their what's what defines the people you know yeah the so essence try- like their look or the gaze that they give or something yeah. capturing yeah. the essence yeah because everybody has like almost an energy to them, right? Um, yeah. More than anything. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, because like it's it's interesting too. Um, in a day, I mean, what do you think of like the day now with like selfies and and cameras and all that kind of stuff? Like, do you think it devalues your position and what you do, or do you think there's there's no effect on it because what you do is totally different? I think it's it's totally different. Like, actually, I I even don't care about that that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's what this. This is what I love, and mm. even if there will be new technology or new something, but I won't stop doing what I love. Sure, you're possessed. Yeah, yeah, you, I'm you literally won't. possessed. Like there's not been a single day I don't sculpt anything. <laughs> well, you can see it in your work, you know, because like your work shows that you spent uh, massive amounts of time in what you what it is that you do. And I think that's really important. And that's one thing I think that's a, I don't know, what do you, this is something I, as a universal law of, of art. And I think this is what appeals people to when they see a piece of art is that they look at it and they instantly know that the, the person that created it put time into it or they didn't, you know? Yeah. And they're instantly like, oh, okay, well, like you're, you're at this level. And, and when we look at something, whether we like it or not, and I think that's why, people have a hard time processing like fine art, for example, because of how yeah. like it's so um, vacuous, whether you, we, whether it's actually somebody's doing, they're making a joke on you or they actually spent time to, to make yeah. a piece of art. But the work that you do, it's, it's evident that you've put in the time to do so because yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. How do you communicate what it is that you do to somebody that doesn't understand what it is that you do? Uh, so over like what what kind of thing like just the work that you do you know like so for the most part i think most people are the general populace that i've encountered they they think that there's a value in drawing on paper more still Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. they don't see the value in like making art in 3d necessarily Mm -hmm. because they don't understand how it's done because we haven't educated the populace on it and then, they, then when they try to understand what it is, they don't they don't know until you show them like, look, this comes from a sphere inside of a three D yeah, program, exactly. and then you expand it. How do you explain that to somebody that doesn't really know what it is that you're yeah, doing? Yeah, man, it's it's a bit difficult to like to explain them. Yeah, because sometimes like when I print some of my stuff, mm-hmm. and when and I show it to them, they're like, oh, this is really cool. Like, uh so some people when they when I tell them, so this is done in in ZBrush in three D. And they were like, uh, okay. I mean, they don't understand like how much they think in 3d is very, very easy. You can just make something. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. How do you, how do you go? That's, a, this is a, a problem that I encounter through my whole career is like, how do you tell and explain to the general populace? Like, no, you don't just buy a computer and then hit a button. And then like, like the, the movie's made, it's like the soul of the person has to go into that computer and then pull it out. And, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting thing. But when I look at your your work, it's like mm-hmm. it's almost like incredibly detailed graphite drawings that are in three dimension. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you don't go into like the whole crazy shader vault, like um, realistic looking thing. You're mm-hmm. you're content in just the phase of modeling, which is in and <laughs> of itself is really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like what I, what I feel is 
I cannot stick with a project for long. Do you get and, tired or like you lose interest yeah, in it? Yeah, like I'm a very. I want something to be done very quickly. You know, <laughs> explain something. quickly. So, like when you're doing something, how long does it take you to take to to do a sculpt from um, a Z sphere? For those that don't know what Z sphere is, it's just like a base mesh of a sphere that you then kind of build off of. Imagine like a ball of clay. So how long does it take you to go from, I don't know if you start from that. I imagine you probably don't because it's just a waste of time. Yeah. I think it's a waste of time at least. So if you don't need <laughs> to prove it to anybody that you can sculpt at this point, you're like, okay, I don't need to use a Z sphere anymore. Like you just probably use a common like maquette head or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how so, long are you, does it usually take for you to go from like something if you're really in the zone? Mm-hmm. So actually it's really, really hard to tell in terms of likeness. Sure. So, so when I started doing things, so I started with sphere. When I started, like I used to just sculpt with sphere. So that made me very, very fast at that time. Then I started using my base mesh. So sometimes I track my time. Sometimes I just see, okay, so I can do this sculpt in a day. Mm-hmm. So at least, I mean, it takes me sometimes a day to complete all the likeness. Or sometimes it could take two months, two weeks, three weeks, depending on the complexity of the face. Mm. Because if you're not able to sculpt or capture likeness, that means at that moment, I don't have that understanding to sculpt that face. Sure. And that's where so, the difficulty begins. Then you have to like rework yeah. it and kind of break it and go back, back and back and forth, basically, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like this frustration with this. Because once you sculpt, like when you sculpt, when you sculpt something, and you are sculpting three-dimensional, you're easily caught up with, uh, you know, you after some time, your mind will say, "This is this is right." Yeah. <laughs> well, your mind is and, constantly fooling you the whole time, or your yeah, your mind says, "Oh, I have this. I know what this looks like," and then yeah. your mind's projection of what is real is actually only like fifty percent of what it actually is. So you have to use yeah. references, obviously, as much as possible. Yeah. So. So about so a way like a week to a day, depending on how well you're able to connect with it. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty Maybe impressive, man. Maybe two weeks. I, I mean, still, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. These are long days that you're putting in on this thing, or so this is this is with my with my job. Like, okay, I don't I didn't put like because I I don't stick with one project because like I sculpt many heads at the same time. Yeah, I like doing that too. I find that to be. The way I like to work, I know a lot of artists that can just stick to one thing, but I personally, I like to switch it between things because I find that your brain is able to disconnect and then reconnect on something and allows yes. you, I mean, that's the, the scary thing is that it kind of, um, if you're not, if you're not, um, like goal oriented and able to finish things and it kind of leads you in these weird, <laughs> odd things where you're, you're, you have a bunch of unfinished work, which is no good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I find that's cool that you do that because I'm exactly the same. I'll have a bunch of different projects going at the same time because it allows me to kind of fluctuate between my interests on one thing. And then, and then I get stuck on one and I go, okay, I'm going to come back to this, you know? Yeah. Do you have a, what do you, do you like sculpting man, men or women more? And which one do you find to be harder? I think, uh, women are more harder. Yeah. Cause they're simpler, huh? Yeah. Yeah. The simpler is like more difficult yeah this they're so this so subtle like all their, yeah, their subtleties 
yeah, the subtleties it can screw your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. how does that, like your process? We had spoken about this, your creative process, but for you, mm -hmm. it's like you go and you find a bunch of reference, and you're also very um, aware of like how your references work in regards to how cameras work and capturing references, right? Can you kind of explain yeah. your your process on like hunting for references and then how you look for references and like when you know you have a good reference and when you don't? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so when I search for references, I try to first like search for the high resolution mm -hmm. as much as possible. And then after that, like I try to gather as much references. Like if, if something... I really want to nail proper likeness. I need more references. It's not that some people say that you don't have to like find more references. Just few is fine. Yeah. But in my in my case, like I try to find as much as references as possible because the more you have, the more information you can gather mm. from the reference. It's just answers, you know. It's it's like finding answers in yeah. every image. Yeah. And every time you're trying to hunt for something, then you find a little, oh, that's a different angle of the nose. Or yeah. you're also very aware, uh, something I, I really found fascinating. I can't remember if it's something like a tutorial or something I watched of you or from our call mm -hmm. we did. But you were like, you know, be very cautious and aware that every camera takes a photo in a different way and there are different angles based on like the focal length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you explain that kind of how you kind of digest or process like where the camera angle is and whether that camera angle is going to work or not, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so like if I find like if, if a paparazzi takes a picture of a celebrity or something, mm -hmm. so I know this guy is like standing a bit far. Yeah. So so that kind of like I I try to see what the situation is right now. So I have an idea that this this picture is taken from far, mm -hmm. so there will be like very very less perspective distortion. So I have an I I know that this is the skull that the guy has. Gotcha, because he's so using like a of, long lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of things I try to and I don't I don't actually try to like overlay image. I try to first see how the skull of skull is skull of the actor or celebrity I'm sculpting. So that's the first thing. You have to find if the skull is wide, where is the cheekbones lying, where the jaw angle of jaw is. Mm. So that kind of thing you have to keep that in mind. Thinking about the under the under qualities of the like the formation basically that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that you acquire over time, right? Because when you first started doing this stuff, like you didn't have that perception right to look at the under no. the under sculpt and stuff yeah. is that something that you suggest um people that are interested in doing what you do or getting better at their their what they what they do and, and as their hobby or whatever they they consider is that something that you would say to start really looking for is yeah, understanding so, the foundation and the structure the bone structure and anatomy yeah so the way i started doing like head sculpture is like I, as i told you that it's always for me, it's always the portraits. So when I started, so I didn't have any expectation if I'm going to do good, if I'm going to be bad, if I'm going to make a career out of it. And if I had nothing, it was blank. There was nobody to guide that. At that time, you can, if you do good heads, you will be very good in the industry or something. Yeah. I have nothing in my mind. So it was just pure passion. So I just sculpt, I tried sculpting a lot. I mean, sculpted head. I mean, it was, it became a, it, I was really obsessed with that. So, Your obsession, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So that makes so I learned a lot of things as a sculpt. Like if I if I'm sculpting a head, if I'm I was I, as I didn't have any expectation with it. So if I'm not able to like, make a good likeness, I just scrap the project and start a new one. Mm. I never get discouraged. Like I'm not able to find a I'm not able to achieve good likeness. I just scrap it. Start a new one. Start again. Try to give the best. If not, that's going. fine. Yeah. That's good that so, you are will, you're willing to kind of um, throw it away, basically, or start over, because that's <laughs> something I think gets in the way of a lot of artists too, and I've encountered as well in my own self. Is like, oftentimes it's better to just start over, and that's yes. that's usually a sign of a, a higher level person because they're they've been there before. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to go, okay, I know how this works. If I continue down this path, I'll just be more frustrated because it's never going to yeah. be what it needs to be. When do you know? And do you, do you encounter that more still? Or do you kind of, is that going away as you get better with what it is that you're doing? I think I struggle, like, I, I still struggle with uh, with every skull. I still get frustrated with every skull. Mm. It's just that I'm, I'm so used to the frustration right now. So yeah, it's, it's kind of second nature for me. But it's still a frustrating act then. Yeah, it's still frustration. But I, I like that kind of frustration because if if something is hard, so that's the, I mean, I enjoy it. If something is hard. Yeah. It gives you that challenge. Fun. Yeah. That's the fun of it. Hmm. That's good. So you kind of embrace that challenge then. Yeah. Yeah. That's good then. I mean, because I think that's really true though. Like you have to, you have to embrace that because if you don't embrace the challenge, I think because so much of creating art is the challenge. Um, you're not yeah. going to enjoy the process, I think, which is yeah. kind of the challenging thing, but at the same time, like that's the point of it, I guess. So this is what I look at it as. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. That's cool. I wanted to just kind of get some of these technical things out of the way so we can talk about other things. But, um, in regards to like when you work, you do, you knew, do you use like in regards to ZBrush cause ZBrush, as we both know, is, is a, yeah. massive program about what percentage do you think that you understand and use on a regular basis of that program in, in ZBrush like I think it's uh, might be using 50% out of it 50% that's pretty good because it's a pretty big program so like because yeah, it has like big. the hard surface thing and now like with um, I just yeah. got the newest one the uh, ZBrush 2018 I guess it's called mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and that thing's got all kinds of stuff it's got like the Anyway, called like the sculptress, sculptist yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty Sculpt- crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, there's so many things, but I think you don't have to learn everything. To it's just the process. You have to you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And even like people ask me which brushes you use for sculpting. <laughs> that's yeah. the most common question. That is yeah. the most common question, huh? Yeah. Do you get annoyed, is, tired of hearing those same questions? Oh, yeah, yeah. I get okay. a lot of it, a lot of it. Yeah. Well, how do you react to those things? And do you just ignore them at this point? I think uh, I try to message, like, I respond to them. But after some time, you get so many different type of messages. So it gets, uh, because of busy, busy schedule, when you reply to someone, then you start a conversation. So you lose time and, all, and energy for that. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of takes up your time, basically, right? So yeah, and then it's like, what's the point? Because no matter what, if you have an answer to one person, then they're going to ask you. Then another person's going to ask, and then another person, another person, (laughs) and it's like the same same thing thing. over and over. Same thing over and over. Yeah. Yeah. 
how do you like doing these gum roads? Do you enjoy that? You, you just give your, you give these things away. It seems, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I gave that before, but I think uh, if like I got like so many messages that they really learned a lot mm. just to study the head. Yeah, and and that's good actually. You like giving back? Is that an important part of of creating <laughs> creating for you? Yeah, I mean, if people get like the if people are getting held by that, then that's that's fine for me. Yeah, and it make you feel good to, to help and teach. Is that part of what you want to be doing eventually is teaching? It depends. Like uh, right now my schedule is uh, like very busy. You're at double the, negative, like, right? Yeah, I'm in double negative right now. Okay. So in London. With work, All right. In London, yeah. Yeah, okay. So with work and so even with like, if I get like small time after studio, I just curl on my stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's... I want to make them road like uh, for face and doing stylist stuff or sculpting hair, but it. The thing is, whenever I get free time, I just sculpt. So. <laughs> yeah, making so a class is a whole different topic, and it's a whole yeah. different challenge. Yeah, but teaching I mean, is different, and like uh, doing stuff is different. Sure, you keep pretty busy at double negative. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But nowadays, it's a bit. Uh, bit easy right now not yeah. many projects going on so it's an ebb and flow it constantly changes huh yeah yeah sometimes it's so much work sometimes it's a bit easy yeah. easy going and this is um double negative does commercials and like um feature film work right yeah yeah they've done some really great work i don't know if you've seen like the film um uh was it like enter the void have you seen the work i think that was double negative they did a bunch of work on that i think i think it was that let's see double negative Uh, enter the void is the movie i could be thinking of another studio but maybe not i don't know i thought it was um but yeah double negative does some really incredible work yeah yeah super high level vis effects and stuff how long have you been working uh, double negative? I think it's been uh, seven months. Okay, so it's pretty yeah. new then. Yeah, um, yeah. And so this for, for VFX is uh, I'm new to VFX actually. Hmm. So I was in gaming. I was in uh, was doing toys and all. Sculpting toys and stuff. Yeah. How did you like Sculpting that? Like, I mean, it, I mean, actually, that's that was a dream job for me. Making like, sculpting toys. toys. Yeah, I'm, I love it. Yeah. What, what company was it for? Uh, it was like, it was different companies, you know, like uh, for faces, it's different companies. Sometimes there's uh, XM, there's Sideshow, there is uh, different, there's QMX. Yeah. Connecticut. So Sideshow does I some just, incredible stuff. There's some really, really amazing yeah. stuff. Do you have, um, forgive me, I don't know. Do you have, I can't remember if I saw something that you did for his, um, Sideshow or these. Um, did you do something recently for them? Uh, no, actually, I'm gonna start working with them. Awesome. I haven't, yeah, I recently have a talk with them, so we'll be working with them. Cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah. and then and then doing like a 3D print of these things. Do you do you often um, get a chance to see your work from digital to um, reality? I guess by via 3D printing. Oh, uh, like uh, do you do you get a chance to print your stuff? Actually, I got a printer yeah. in here, like in my in my place, but it's just a normal printer. It's a PLA one. Okay. 
Yeah. It doesn't print super big, but it's like the resolution is probably okay. Yeah. It's just for like usual stuff. But I'm going to buy another one, like maybe Form 2 Mm. to print must. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty... The, the 3D printing stuff has gotten pretty crazy. It's pretty interesting too. Like, oh, yeah, it's really, so really, really great. Yeah, super cool stuff. I have um, Raf Grissetti and Igor Cotto. Like they sculpted this um, thing from Lost Boy, one of my characters and my friends at a f- mm-hmm. Factory 52, I think. Shoot, blonde drawing a blank. Let's they- see, Factory. The main character. I saw that one. Yeah, I'm so stoked that it's that they got that they uh, that they um, helped me make this. It was so cool. Um, it's just cool to see the the piece um, in in real life. You know, it's just I don't know. It's it's like a whole different thing when you see it in real life. It's just the the thing it becomes. You know, um, and just the look. It's Factor Thirty One. That's it. I mean, they do mm-hmm. like three D printing and stuff. They do. They've done like Vitaly's. Uh, toy and stuff not his toy like the dog have you seen that uh, uh, three. oh yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw the dog yeah, yeah that was like really good yeah they have an incredible um they have an incredible machine and they're really interested they're really into what they do and the 3d printing stuff is just fascinating it's been really cool so yeah, level 50. yeah so factor 31 is the name oh, of the company. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you look it up, you can see kind of the stuff that they did, but yeah, mm-hmm. super cool. My buddy George over there, super nice guy, but yeah, they do. It's really cool to see the, the resolution and then like the thing, um, the work being digital and then transferred to realities. It's like taking a photograph in digital camera and then having it printed almost. It's kind of this interesting transformation that happens between the two, which is really fun, but yeah yeah it's definitely really cool um do you listen to music when you work what do you like what's the normal thing do you put on a movie while you work what's your what's your normal habit uh actually i just like put sometimes music sometimes uh podcast sometimes uh let's say like movie so it's just, like, i just switch between them sure is there a podcast sometimes. that you've listened to recently that you liked uh it's like sometimes it's, it's Jorogan. Yeah, podcast. I was just listening to him. Yeah. Yeah. His is really great. Yeah, I'm into UFC, so I'm a big okay. fan of that. Yeah, I noticed because a lot of the sculpts that you do are, are like mm-hmm. fighters and stuff. Um, yeah. Like, do you still keep up with all the fighting and stuff, all the all the matches and stuff? Uh, I do, but like I didn't watch the last ones. Yeah. It's hard to keep but, up with them, huh? They're like, yeah, it's, it's like a part-time job at this point. <laughs> just to watch them all there's so many of them when i was re- really into it back a while ago like it was you'd get like a fight there was a fight every month so like there yes. was a really great build-up and then it happened now it's it seems like there's a fight every week or something like or like there's a there's a there's an event every week which is like it just gets crazy but yeah i find it fascinating what is it that you that attracts you to it Actually, like I uh, started watching UFC when I started like watching McGregor because he's the one who made it like very famous. Hmm. So after yeah, that, so that's like, not too. Re- that's pretty recent then. Yeah. Yeah, because McGregor has only been around for a little bit in re- in regards to how long the UFC has been around. Yeah. So I've been watching been- it since the VHS. <laughs> um, so- <laughs> since like way back, like Tank Abbott and stuff. Do you know who that is? Who? Tank Abbott. 
Oh, no. Oh, man. Here, you should look at it. You should find some okay. of his old tip, like the old clips and stuff. So Tank, okay, I'm gonna... Tank Abbott is, so this is back when UFC was like, I think it was bare knuckles. Um, right, UFC. Um, I think it was. And yeah, he would, he'd fight like um, Vitor, uh, Vitor Belfort. Vitor and, like, yeah, like dude, Kimbo Slice. He did that. Well, that was recent though. That was a newer one. I'm looking for it his fights here but he was like a traditionally like just a gnarly kind of like a kimbo slice guy he would just fight people <laughs> in the backyards and then <laughs> but that's when the ufc first started um mm-hmm. it was like him and like um let's see ufc one uh fight card let's see I, I there was like this was back when before like so there's royce gracie was there and royce that was when jujitsu got really introduced to the american mm-hmm. public because people realized like wow like um, jiu-jitsu is actually effective you know yeah. and because that's when he was arm barring everybody um, that was in Ken Shamrock you know who that is right mm-hmm, yeah yeah so like, all like, those guys yeah even in, in UFC that people were not accepting jiu-jitsu they were like they like their own techniques yes so they were not accepting it yes well it was an interesting time because it was like the beginning of that whole phase I mean it was fighting has been around forever but like the beginning of the UFC um, was really interesting because you would you would see all these different um, combat styles and traditions kind of clashing against one another, and you would get like you know somebody who was really good at fighting on their feet against a wrestler, and then the wrestler would take them down and then like just destroy them because they had the wrestling ability, and the the guy couldn't use his arms to knock them out. So it really kind of showed. I think what we have now in in regards to UFC, especially because people are able to make it a career. We see people mm-hmm. that we'd see an advancement in the martial arts scene. Um, that's really interesting because it wasn't like that at all back uh, all yeah. the way back then. You know, it was a completely different story back yeah. then. Uh, yeah, but you should check out Tank Abbey's. Is like, especially back in the in, in the in the early days, man. He was just a he was savage, savage beast. Yeah, uh-huh. see if I can find like, yeah, he has like just like old video of him like going crazy and stuff <laughs> yeah some but the 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 my original the original ufcs are to me are some of my favorites mainly because of how um they like the the nostalgia that those created and like i would go to like the video store and get them on vhs you know like <laughs> this is before dvd even um we would just rent them but yeah it was it was just gnarly you'd see some of the gnarliest fights yeah because it was bare knuckles back then yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> even the rules were like so different. Like there was, I was watching some videos on on the rules that happened that that was changed eventually. It was yeah. so weird at that time. Yeah, there was no. I think back in the beginning, it was like no pulling hair, no punching yeah. the groin, um, mm-hmm. but you could do like knees to the face. You can elbow. You could you could drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, these all these things that they were finding that. Like it's pretty amazing that they they allowed for fighting publicly like this as it is even with UFC. I mean Joe Rogan always says too like he thinks it's it's worse that they have gloves because they can take more punches which that makes it even harder on the brain because the concussions that happen mm-hmm. whereas like with the bare knuckles it was more rugged, you know, like they would get knocked out a lot faster, you know, because um yeah. you can only handle so much from the bare knuckle fighting, you know. So but yeah, back then it was like, it was pretty ruthless. So if you like fighting, it was like, <laughs> if you could, if you saw that and you didn't mind watching people get hurt at one another, 
I, I like my wife can't stand it. My my a lot of my friends don't like it, and I get why they don't like it because it's just brutal. But I, yeah. I find it cool because it, it's it's their choice to do that, right? And I okay. and, and I praise them for being able to just go out there and do what they want to do, and uh, that's what they enjoy. Some people love to make drawings, and some people love to destroy another person. Exactly, because <laughs> somebody like. It's their passion, so you cannot do anything about it. Yeah, and, and it's what's cool. It's, it's not like a team sport, you know. It's like it's a one-on-one. So you mm-hmm. see the passion so raw, you know, and you really see it. Yeah, because I think, um, yeah, McGregor is uh, he's quite an interesting character. He's more of like reminds me of he's a and he's an extreme champion, but he always reminds <laughs> me kind of like wrestling guy, like a yeah. like a drama queen I mean, guy. <laughs> yeah, he knows how how to sell fights. Yes, he's incredible I mean, at that. He's really good at that. Because his personality, he knows what people wants, so he's like giving that to people. Yeah, and he's been really good at that over the years. It's been pretty fascinating this, watching his career. Cubby versus Conor now. What's that? There's gonna be Cubby versus Conor. I don't even know who that person is. Let's see. <laughs> so Conor McGregor. Uh, um, let's see. Verse. Khabib. Okay. See, I don't even know who this guy is. Whoa, he's got a crazy name. Yeah, I mean, Whoa, he's he, twenty-six he and lost. zero. Holy smack! That's crazy. And he has a he he has a crown game, so he's. Oh, he's got he's currently winning, huh? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. This is going to be interesting. I'll have to look up this guy. I have totally fallen off watching these fights because there's just so many mm-hmm. of them. But this, yeah, that's yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, where's he from? He's in, he's from Russia. Oh, okay, yeah, interesting. Russia. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll just do some research on this. It's interesting. Yeah. What weight level is this? What, what are that? Bantam weights or something? It's, it's lightweight. Yeah, lightweight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a bit small. Yeah, crazy. Guy's, guy looks like a freaking warrior. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Exactly, man. <laughs> so ruthless. Yeah. Do you train martial arts at all? Uh, actually, I uh, wanted to do that. Yeah. But yeah. after after coming to London, it's like, it's so stressful, like with work and the comeback. <laughs> so yeah. for me, my passion for my sculpting is more than that, my learning martial arts. So <laughs> I just sculpt. Well, you, at least you have, you know, your priorities are, you know, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the, it, I think the one thing I really encourage other artists to do martial arts or some sort of like physical activity is just because of how much we sit and how negative that is on our yeah, bodies, exactly. you know? So, yep. but Hey, if you like what you do, you just do it. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I started a, started a new sports also. Like, uh, I just recently started doing skydiving. Oh, whoa. When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting I mean, like, thing uh, yeah i mean it's 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 scary but it's so good yeah how many times so have you done I, it uh i did twice now wow and i'm going for like full license course right now oh okay so you can yeah. go like without a person holding you yeah yeah is that how okay what brought that upon you when did you what, what made you want to do that i mean when i first tried i tried in barcelona Okay. With a tandem, with a tandem one, and I was like, when I when I jumped from the plane, that was the best feeling. <laughs> this is just like, a oh. random. This is a random thing that you decided to do, or is it like a friend got you to do it? It was. It was just random. Oh wow! 
So you're you're always, just in Barcelona. Always, you're like, I'm gonna go skydive. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I always like I always believe in like losing myself hmm. and just just when I decide on the point and just do that. That's Don't cool. think much. You just go for it then. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So when we'll I, see how that works when you have a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's why I'm trying. You're doing before. it now. <laughs> no, that's it's, awesome. You can still do it then, but. Oh, that's really cool. And so jumping out of the plane, it kind of just opens up your soul or something. What does it do for you? Oh man, like for the first time when I jumped. So, mm. I mean, we, I, I had like six hour ground training before going there. Okay. So it was like, uh, what to do, all the science they told me, uh, what to do in the air, what to do in the, what happens if a parachute doesn't open, oh, no. what happens if you it twisted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all 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 sort of worst case scenario they were telling me, and all the drills we had to complete. Mm. So when the day came, when the day came and I jumped for the first time, it was like there was two instructor with me. So so the thing is, the one instructor will be on my on my left, mm-hmm. and one instructor will be on my on my right. Okay. So they will they will hold me, or they hold my shoulder and my thigh when I jump. Yeah. So there was a sequence of drill I had to perform in the air. You had to perform so, a sequence for your first time? Yeah. So so there are different levels so you have to complete. Hmm. It's level one to level seven. Okay. So for the level one, they will jump with me. Okay. And I have my own parachute and they will have their own parachute. No, I will not be attached with them with anything. Ooh, that's level yeah. one? Yeah, that's the level one. Oh no, thanks, man. That sounds yeah. horrible. <laughs> so, so, I was, so scary. I was, I was trying to be confident at that time, but I was scared as shit, man. Like, I yeah. was really scared. <laughs> yeah, you're you know, basically like, you could easily. That's like you're putting yourself right into the the mouth of the al- the alligator. <laughs> exactly, and I never tried like a parachute before, and that was the first time I tried parachute. Wow. In the air, so that seems that weird really, that they would do that for your first one, and you just throw yeah, right, right into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make any so, sense at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but what, what, what happened is, uh, before, like, before going inside the plane, I did the drills. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, okay, they will ask me, are are you are you gonna jump? I will say yes. Then I'll say I'll stand in the door and I'll say, in, out. That kind of there are some drills and I have to jump with them. Okay, and then so they go with the, you and then they help you. Yeah, they, yeah. That's so crazy. did the drill before going to plane. I did the drill while boarding on the plane. <laughs> and when you, when you go close to the to the plane, hmm. the sound is so so like intense. Yeah, you start. You know, at, at that point of time, I was started. I was scared as shit. Like at that time. <laughs> yeah. Then, I did the drill at that time also, like while boarding on the plane. I did one drill in the plane when I was in like uh, 8,000 feet. And and the the height of the jump was like 10,000 feet. 10,000 feet. What's the the, the, the duration of of falling? What's the time on that? It was 30 second free fall. 30 seconds. That's it, huh? Yeah. Seems like it would be a little bit longer than that. But it yeah. probably the the time was probably so insane though, huh? Like how fast, yeah. how like slow it went. Did it feel like it was longer, or is it fast? No, it, I mean it was so fast. Like, I mean I was so, I thought like ten thousand feet will be enough. 
So when I was like 10,000 feet, I, I saw I saw the ground. I can see the vehicles going there. Okay, gotcha. So it wasn't so, super high up there. I guess yeah, 10,000 feet isn't too high, actually. Yeah, it just wasn't that. What do, what do they normally do? What's the height that they normally jump at? I think it's 10,000 to 13,000. Okay, yeah. 30,000 sounds like it'd probably be the way to do it. So that's no, like no, no. Maybe... It's, it's 13, 13. 13? So they don't go yeah. higher than 13,000? No, no, no. Really? Because it's like yeah. too thin up there or what? I think there are so many factors. And I think there's a, there are restrictions also from traffic control or something. Ah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. But, but people normal like people don't go higher than that when they do it? Yeah, yeah. Really? I would think they would go higher than that. So I mean, like Everest is, what, 20,000 feet up there? And I guess so it's really thin up there, too. If you jump from 13,000 feet, it will be like, I think, 50 seconds free fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn, that's not long enough. I always thought it was like, when you watch in the movies, you know, it's like, damn, they're up there for a long time. That looks cool. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, but like in real life, it's obviously, I mean, that's a stupid thing for me to even say, like to re- use a reference of a movie, but I mean, that's <laughs> all I have, you know. So, <laughs> like um, there's like um, Terminal Velocity or like Point Break or something, you know, those, those movies. Mm-hmm. They, they're like falling for like at least 30 minutes, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it's totally different, like, when, when I was in ground, I was thinking I'm going to do, like, I was thinking uh, my expectation was so high. Yeah. I thought, how tough is it going to be? I mean, how tough is going to be? I can do I can do backflips and all like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> when you're in there, you're like, uh, okay, I'm down. <laughs> Pull the yeah. chute. <laughs> you get, a, ti- I, you get the, time to take a breath. Floor, yeah. It was so loud with the loss of air. Oh, and yeah. When I jumped, like, I didn't hesitate on... I didn't did not hesitate. I just jumped. You just and, like I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I saw somewhere that when you jump, hmm. I mean, when you are at the door, so that's the that's the I mean that's the height when you get scared. Sure. And after that, door. it's gonna be so good. Sure. Yeah, because it's like the threshold of fear is yeah. right at that door. Yeah, and then once but you get past it, but it's not it's not true. What is the where is it at then for you? I mean, it it, it wasn't true actually. Was when the, I jumped, it was, was the, more scarier. <laughs> it's just the jumping part was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I, when I was in in the door, I was scared. But when I jumped, I was more even more scared. Like, it was like I was able to breathe. It was it was amazing as well as I was not able to breathe. Oh, <laughs> I was panicking. Yeah, people pass and, out when they do it. That's why I was really yeah yeah. I'm really yeah, and where they can, that's crazy that they would let you do it by yourself because if you pass out, then you can't pull the string and then boom, you're done. Yeah, but the thing is, like, they will pull the string for you if you oh, pass okay. out. Okay, that's cool. How often? But the thing is, people die doing this quite often, right? Uh, I don't know, like, what's the probability for that? Yeah, probably but, not, maybe not, not as much as I think. I'm yeah. just really, I'm afraid of heights. This would be a good thing for me to do, though. Yeah, I mean, at, at least you should, you should start with tandem with the instructor to jump. No, I'll shoot backflips right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that looks really difficult. Yeah. So yeah, but the tandem one is yeah, like you said, like you can go with a person, then they can kind of help, kind of basically they sit on you like they're like a backpack, right? Yeah, you don't have to do anything. Just tandem is like just you just enjoy freestyle. Yeah. Freestyle, okay. But when you're doing alone. Hmm. So when I jumped, actually, for the, for the 2,000 feet, 
I was not able to control myself. I was just panicking. <laughs> and when I tried to stabilize myself, I checked my altitude meter. So mm-hmm. it was in my in my left arm. Mm-hmm. And I checked that. And the, the main part, the most important thing is the arch, your body's arch. What's that? And like the way your body is forming against the, the, the yes, air? Yes, yes. That's the most important. Your hips should be forward. Your hands and hands and feet should be 90 degree. Plus, uh, it should be, what do you call it? Uh, symmetry. Oh, okay. Being symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So yeah, that when so, you, the, so the wind doesn't create, like fly you around. Basically. Yeah. So you can kind of like balance yourself against the wind. Yeah. So even if you turn your uh, bit of your hands, you're going to flip mm. because the wind is too hard. Uh, okay. Is it hard? So when you jump, you have to basically immediately get into that position then, right? Yeah. Just if jump, you don't, then you you're to... just, you're done. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. But the thing is like uh, in whatever position you are, if you're falling, like uh, if you're not able to control yourself, if you do that arch, Mm-hmm. And you'll be fine. Mm. Plus, it's it's really, really, really important for that. Mm. So, I mean, you know, they they told me different types of uh, signals in the air. I okay. mean, they told, they taught me there. Mm-hmm. But when I jumped, I forgot everything. My mind was <laughs> blank. Like, they were showing me signals, and I was not able to calculate what's what's happening right now. I was just falling people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I mean that's a common thing, right? Like when you're really in the moment, your brain kind of just takes over. Yeah. And yeah, before you know it, uh you're on the ground. Hopefully. Yeah, I was, safe. I was in hibernation mode at the time, like my mind shut down. <laughs> you done this uh, two yeah. times now though, so the second time was a little bit better? No, well, I think I did one tandem and I did once jump. Okay. So I might go for the second time like I mean in this weekend. Oh, damn. Okay, we'll be safe. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> this is in London then. So you were in Barcelona when you did these other ones, or is it Barcelona and London? Yeah, Barcelona and London. Okay. How long have you been in London for? I seven months. Seven months? Just when yeah. you're working at Double Negative. Yeah. And before so then, you were traveling around, right? Because when we talked, yeah, you were in Thailand. And so you enjoy traveling as well, right? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I love it. Okay. I love so meeting people. I love traveling too. What is it about traveling that appeals to you? I mean, like, what I notice is, like, when you go to a studio, so if you if you make a map, so every day you're going to the same place again and again. Yeah. And also, and if you see, like, in the world is so big, and I, I, I didn't like I didn't like the idea that you're going to the same place again and again for like <laughs> so many days. So. I like to travel to see different places. I like to experience things. So Their world has a lot to offer. If you exactly. Let it. Yeah. Wherever you go, you learn something. You learn something from people. You, you get influenced from that. It does influence your work. I think um, every creative person should have some sort of some form yeah. of traveling in them. I think people in general should have it because it, I think it helps build a lot of empathy as well. You get a lot of understanding yeah. of why people do the things that they do in the countries that they live in. Yeah. And why things are the way they are. Is this something that was ingrained in you growing up? Like, did your parents yeah. encourage you to to travel, or is this just something again that you're interested in? No, actually, like I'm completely opposite from my parents. Like, <laughs> your parents I'm stay more, in the same like, spot. Pardon? Your parents stay in the same town, doing the same thing, kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. So they were more towards like you know, in India, it's very very common that you have to do government job or something. Sure. 
So, I mean, they were also telling me to, okay, you can, you can choose any government job or something. I was like, no, I cannot do that. <laughs> I cannot sit in a place and just do the same thing. What do they uh, think of what you do now? Uh, they're literally like, they're really, really proud right now. Yeah, that's good. Took a while yeah. though. Yeah, I, I mean, initially they were like, oh, what's you're going to do with this? <laughs> later, everybody started appreciating my work and everything. So yeah. they understood that, okay, I'm going in the right track. And now they are really, really proud. That's good. That's always nice, right? Yeah. But where's the, where's your, where, you've traveled a lot then. So how many countries have you been to now? Uh, actually, I've been to U.S., uh, been to Spain. Where in the U.S. Europe. have you been? Because the United States is freaking huge. So it's freaking, yeah, yeah. It's huge. I've been to, I've been to L.A., Portland, and, and Vegas. Okay, Vegas doesn't count. <laughs> Vegas is horrible. Hey, Vegas. No, there's like I have friends that live there too. I shouldn't talk too much crap about it. But yeah. What do you think you, of Vegas? It's crazy, man. It's like <laughs> it's, it's not so America, much, dude. Please don't judge yeah, America by it. There's <laughs> something like something. I mean, it's in it's in the desert, so it's too hot. Actually, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I live like two hours away from it or like, no, like, sorry, f like four or so hours away, a drive. So I'm not too far away from it. I live in the high desert up in like Northern San Diego. So have you mm -hmm. been to San Diego? Uh, not yet, but I want to go there. Yeah, it's nice. So Portland, LA and Las Vegas, that's where you've been. Yeah, that, okay. You've, yeah, you yeah. haven't been to America then. So yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> America's got so much more to offer than those yeah. these cities, especially LA. LA is kind of like, LA is kind of like, I don't know. LA is huge. It's a massive city, but it's like yes, it's big. Man. It's, it's big. a big sprawl. And now, and then, San, like, yeah, Las Vegas is. I don't even know what that is. Portland. <laughs> I haven't been to Portland yet, but I hear great things about Portland. That it's like beautiful and it's a nice little city yeah, and stuff. It's so, beautiful, yeah, yeah. Up north is really nice. I like that northern area of um, like Washington and all that stuff. Oregon. Mm. It's really nice up there. But yeah, okay. Well, that's cool. Okay, so that's the states. Now, where else have you been? Uh, been in, so I was in, in Madrid and Barcelona. How do you like those uh, those places? That's quite good, actually. Yeah. But uh, what I what I thought, like, I think London is the best one. I I liked it. Really interesting. What do you like about um, London? And it's like, first of all, it's a really beautiful city. Mm -hmm. A lot and of culture. It, yeah, and it's like yeah, actually, like it's like multicultural. I have friends from you know when I when I work in a in a room, mm -hmm. so there are people from Hungary, people from Italy, people from so it's like a multicultural. Yeah, Visifex yeah. industry does that too. Yeah. It's like there's so many people working because like the movie industry kind of touches everybody all over the world, and then yeah. you you see that in the in the when you go to a, a place to work, you see it. Yeah, there's a lot of different cultures combining. Do you get a chance to go? Because it's just seven months. If you, do you get a chance to go out and travel around? Because I know you're working and stuff now, but do you get a chance to go out and explore um, London much? Uh, I didn't go outside London. I, w I just went just for skydive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I'm going to go. Like, mm. uh, but I, it's, been, it's been busy nine or seven months, so I didn't able to go anywhere. Yeah. Got Scotland. Scotland here is really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool when you're in Europe, you're pretty close to all the other European countries too. 
So like you can just take a train or a plane, really. That's what's really cool. I, I'm yeah, jealous of that because we don't have that. We have It takes about 14, 15 hour flight just to get to Europe yeah, for us, which is a bummer. Yeah, I love Europe, though. So but it's, it's a quite different for me. Yeah, but it's quite different for me because I'm from India. Yeah. So, so even for Europe, I have to apply for visa. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's what's... The whole visa process is quite an extensive process, yeah. Getting that and transferring it and getting yeah. everything set up. But it's a lot of work and a lot of time. Um, so many of my friends have to deal with that. What are your thoughts on the, the visa process? And have you found things, ways to make it better or easier for you? Uh, I don't know. Like, even if I, if I plan something, like if I have to plan, if I have to go to maybe France, maybe next week, I cannot go there. Yeah. So if, I have to, if I want to go to France, I have to plan like, in advance for a month. Mm. And I'm, I'm that kind of person who takes like decisions very quickly. I don't think much about it if I have to go somewhere. Yeah. I'll just take my bag and just go. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that kind of thing, I don't like it. Yeah. That's a bummer because then you can't be spontaneous about your traveling. Yeah. yeah I would yeah. hate that. Yeah. And, the work visa then. So it's because, so there, that's interesting. That's a, that's a total bummer, but I guess that makes sense because it's part of like how traveling works nowadays, you know, it's like yeah. having the visa and all that kind of stuff. But yeah um so where else have you been so you've been to have you been to um asia yet uh yeah uh, i was in well, singapore yeah yeah thailand i was in singapore and yeah i mean asia i just covered two two countries not much what do you think of uh singapore did you like it uh, oh yeah it's, i like it but the weather is uh, quite no it's warm but it's it has humidity there. Yeah, lots of humidity, huh? I, I think is it India too? India has a lot of humidity too, no? I think it's near the coastal areas. The humidity is there. Okay. Like places like Goa or Mumbai, that kind of state. But overall, it's good. Yeah, it's not as bad then. Yeah, where's a place that you would want to go if you could, like if you could travel somewhere? I think Greece. Hmm. Yeah. It's not too far away then. You're close by. It's, yeah, close by. I just have to apply for the visa and I'm going to go there. Hmm. You can just tell them. Do you, so would you, would you have to tell like your um, your employee, like, hey, I want to go to, to Greece, and then they would have to get you like the papers to go and travel there? Uh, I think it's, it's just actually a simple government. It just will just take time. I uh, will just stay there. Okay, I'm going to stay there for, for a week. Mm -hmm. And I'll just show my hotel booking and flight bookings. Yeah. And I'll just show that I'm working with DNEG, that kind of thing. So gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Traveling's kind of that's a bummer about traveling more than ever. When yeah. I was younger, you could just kind of go wherever you wanted. I think from what I remember, I mean, you'd have like passports and stuff, but it mm -hmm. wasn't as stringent and complicated more than ever. It's like, yeah, the president. I don't, I don't even want to get into that, but yeah, <laughs> it's just like traveling can be much. It's much much more difficult than it used to be. I think, um, yeah, yeah, for its own reasons and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Greece has always been kind of appealing. My wife really wants to go, and yeah. one of my best friends, his wife, is from there, and um, mm -hmm. they go like every couple months or every couple years too. So we have to make a trip out there. I really want to see like go to roads and stuff too. Jiu-Jitsu, like all my coaches, they go out to, um, mm -hmm. there's that island, see the Greece. I'm trying to find the name of it. 
this increase and then uh, there's a little even island. the architecture is there is really great like lost scuffs like sculptures there and it's pretty amazing yeah yeah it's super cool like well i mean it's the culture is so old like yeah. it's so yeah it's 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 just it, there's so much there's so much culture there oh they go to cyprus so that's a that's a bit ways a little bit further <laughs> obviously it's kind of by like turkey i guess but yeah but the pictures they show me it looks really cool cyprus looks good they have a cool like jujitsu camp out there oh that's sweet and they go out there and they train and they teach and stuff they really love it so yeah went to london i liked london i thought it was pretty cool like the weather, the weather was so so but i really enjoyed um there's so much culture there but i really wanted to go to ireland and up to scotland but i didn't have enough time but scotland looks crazy yeah i want to go there even ireland like i really want to go there yeah it's close by for you though it's close by yeah it's close and uh, and for scotland i don't even need a visa so i can just go there anytime i want yeah yeah that's true huh you can just go up there because it's really beautiful very lush and very green um rainy i hear so <laughs> but really beautiful though yeah, yeah. good an inspiration what's going on with like um so do you do mainly most of the time when you're doing these kind of pieces and stuff the art that you do now it's it's primarily just your own interest right yeah that's my interest yeah and like people just tell me i mean people people ask me for the commission so they can they can have their personal piece or something mm-hmm. do you so do like, do you do commissions often depends upon my my, my mood at that time sure if you're interested in it yeah so if it's like good character i like the face i take the take the work or sometimes i just you know i like my personal space like to do my personal characters and all i don't usually run for the commission's work yeah so because it's like you have work all day and you don't want to come home and have to do it again for somebody yeah. else, right? You want to, be yeah, able to do so, whatever one you're working yeah. on. Yeah, so if I'm working for any, anybody, it's like I'm going to put maybe 60, 70% of myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I'm, I don't feel connected with that. When I work for my personal stuff, it's, it's a bit different. Sure. Naturally, it's, right? Because it's your yeah. own thing. Yeah. And you're able to make the choices and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, like, I, I give my full, my, I mean, I give my hundred percent sure i don't keep i mean i don't like keep my attachment with them it's like if i if i fail so i don't have any expectations so if i even if i fail i fail you know yeah i don't get discouraged because of that sure that's a good way of looking at it yeah what were some of the when i'm looking at your body of work what were some of the the more challenging pieces and why which ones like do you find do you remember like having to start over multiple times or kind of losing yourself in okay so let me think because i've sculpted so many so many guys yeah you've done a lot yeah so all the way from obama is, to scarlett johansson <laughs> scarlett's face is pretty tough her face is pretty tough yeah yeah what was it about her face that was tough for you it's i think there's something about her you know sometimes uh, she looks different on screen yeah she does yeah, but when you try to capture the neutral position for of her, it's quite different. Like Scarlett, and I think uh, Henry Cavill's face is uh, is quite tough. Who? Henry Cavill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. What was his it about that one? Uh, because of his uh, what do you call asymmetrical face. 
is so different from left and right. It's mm. subtle, but it's so different. Yeah. So sometimes what we what we what I have seen people who people does mistakes is that they they see the face. I mean, from both. I mean, for the face, both angles are different. If you are watching a face from left, if you're watching a face from right, it's totally different. Yeah. So you have to match. I mean, the angle of face with a particular reference. Yeah. Yeah, that's a difficult one. Hmm. Because, you know, like sometimes the jaw, I mean, there's, there's asymmetric in the jaw. So if you check the face from the three-fourth, mm-hmm. it's going to be different if you see from left, and it's going to be different if you see from right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because yeah. nothing in, in no face is symmetrical, although it looks yeah. like it, but it's never the nose, like one nostril is a little higher than the other and all that stuff. When you start yeah. these, do you start it off and obviously paint symmetrically and then you start to, once you get it to a certain resolution, I guess, then you start to remove the symmetry and start moving. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I try to block the the skull like first of all the most important thing while doing likeness is the side view that's the key Mm, working from the side view yeah that's the that's the most important thing because even with the even with with different camera lens Mm -hmm. the side profile will be will be the same because you're seeing the contour Mm. you're seeing the edges so you will have you you get to know the placement of eyes. You get to know the placement of the nose. You know the placement of mouth exactly. Yeah. Even if it's not like accurate, you will have a basic general very good idea about where the placement of things are. Yeah. So that's a golden rule. Is so you start with kind of the side profile, pulling things out, and getting the getting basically like the main pieces and the the ratios right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First okay. I just block, I mean, I just place cheekbones, I place the angle of jaw and I'll just make a basic, basic head with, mm-hmm. with the uh, like overall that, that resembles the guy without breaking any asymmetry. I place my ears, my place, everything. Then when I'm happy with the overall skull, then I start like uh, breaking the symmetry. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of how I work too when I'm doing this. I haven't done a likeness thing. I'm thinking you've been encouraging me to go and do some stuff. I, I've been working on my next film, and I sent you a picture of it. Like that was a that's kind of the same way I work in ZBrush. It's like it's an interesting approach, especially if you come from like drawing with pencil and stuff. It's mm-hmm. kind of the I guess it's kind of like all art works like this, where you start with a an abstraction or yeah. like a simplified thing. And then you start to kind of up the resolution and the further you go, the more resolution you go. Um, yeah. but that's an interesting approach, but that's the kind of how I work where I'll work from like a general rough shape to get the basic, um, intentions that I want. And then I slowly refine and then I remove symmetry. Once I get to a point where everything looks proportioned the way I need, mm-hmm. then I move to move brush. Do you do that? Do you use a move tool after oh, that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the approach I do. Do you, what's, I find that I use the clay buildup or the clay tubes brush the most. Do you still use that? Is that your? Uh, I use mostly a clay buildup and a clay to add yeah. volume. Yeah, that's what I use too. Just standard yeah. too, which works really good, right? Oh, I, I mean, standard is, yeah, I mean, it depends upon the different types of face I'm using actually. So sure. if I'm using like, uh, if, if I'm sculpting somebody, like, like female character, I'll try to use more, uh, standard brush 
Yeah, because then it's softer. Surface, yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, I love using clay buildup for male faces because it's like it almost like adds extra character. And for me, like yes. I'm, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm doing likeness because I know likeness is a whole different dark art. But I'm just <laughs> yeah. painting like randomly as I go um, just for fun, which is extremely liberating. <laughs> I've been yeah, trying to figure yeah. out the best technique for wrinkles and stuff. Are you using the mm -hmm. damn, damn standard for those? Yeah, mostly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Standard inflate. Yes. Distort gravity. Yeah. Distort gravity? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, because you know, if you're sculpting any old face, mm -hmm. you have to keep in mind of the gravity. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the wrinkles and the fat pad, as you, as you age, like, it, it tends to go down. Yeah. So you have to keep in mind of that also. Yeah, that's one thing I've been... Um, I thought you were talking about a brush. I was like, oh, I never heard that brush. <laughs> Gravity brush. Uh, that sounds like... I, yeah. I've been using uh, Texture XYZ displacement mm -hmm. stuff. Have you, do you play with that much at all? Oh, yeah. yeah that. that's a, the, I've noticed like, the, the, the details that you're getting. I'm like, wow, like, you definitely you have to be using these. Uh, those, those things really... I, that's like my favorite part. It's just mm -hmm. taking and then and then adding all the extra finite details from the texture XYZ. Is that where you use? Is that where you you get your final kind of like texturing details? Uh, actually, I use both of my alphas and like uh, and the maps. Yeah. So I, I kind of mix it because you know if you have a skull, so if you're just using texturing XYZ, it's gonna be very flat. Mm. So you have to first understand how how the skull is, how, where is the fat pad is because it's not like what I've seen in the people's work is always primary form and then there is texture XYZ. Yeah. It's, there's no mid forms. So you you say like you use texture XYZ, then you go back in and kind of smooth and then add things and then paint it in. Is that what you do? I, mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I also like concentrate on the mid, mid forms. And if I'm using texture XYZ, I try to add my own alphas on that. Hmm. So, so you have not, alphas that you've made of your own. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. These are just things that you've made off of like um, just this alphas that you've made completely yourself. Actually, I made somebody, some some of my work, I mean, one things and some, you know, Krishna Mutikosta. You know about him? Uh, -uh I don't I think, think so. Maybe. He is, uh, he is an awesome sculptor also. Okay. So he made some of the, some of the alphas that I used and it's really good. Awesome. What yeah. was his name? Krishna Mutikosta. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's really good. So I modify some of them. I have some of mine that I use. So it's a mix of like different things. Sick. Yeah, and you just kind of combine them until you get to the pla place where you need it to be. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because that's what it looks like to me. And it's just like constantly refining until you get yeah. there. Isn't it amazing though? Like how like the resolution that you're able to work with in now it's just insane. Like you can work yeah. on like a. I was working on like a 20 million poly head the other day. I'm mm -hmm. like, this is insane. I can't believe that. And it's working totally smooth. Yeah, easy. exactly. Yeah, I love that. My is around like 24 million that I use. For yeah, the face. that's crazy. That's just yeah. the face. That's not even the hair and the fiber mesh and all that kind of stuff too, right? Because that's a whole different sub, sub tool, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, Do, I mean, with the likeness, it's like, I mean, good likeness is very easy. I mean, sculpting likeness is very easy. Hmm. But, Sculpting a good likeness, like really good likeness, is very, very hard. It's yeah, really it's just like that final, that final amount that's really difficult, right? That yeah. final like ten percent that's like most people can't hit. 
What is yeah. that? Do you think what what is that final ten percent that makes things um, look better than others? Yes, it's honestly the the placement of I mean how you see things, how how much you understand the reference images that you have. Sure. Some people just see sculpts from they complete like they see from side, they see from front, and they forget what's going on from the bottom, what's going on from the top. So you have to see, you have to imagine everything like in 360 degree. Sometimes you won't be able to find references or you don't have to like able to find good references. So you have to, you know, have some imagination how it's going to look in this angle. Yeah. And just kind of think about it and, and really kind of live within it, I guess, huh? Yeah. That's a part of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. you've been doing it for so long. It only makes sense, right? It's almost like as if you've never ridden a bike and then somebody says, hey, get on that thing and go get me some pizza. Like, I don't know. So it's like almost the kind of same thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, a, a stranger kind of approaching it. And how, how many hours do you think it, it takes in general to, to of practice to get to where you're at now? Like how many hours do you think in your total amount of doing portraiture and drawing? have you put in in your life so far oh, it's such a very tough one to answer because <laughs> i've been sculpting every day like uh just portraits yeah so even even right now i was a freelancer before so it was like full-time job i was doing portraits so now even if i'm doing job mm-hmm. i i get home at like eight and i think at 8 30 i start working on my stuff so till like one one twelve or one o'clock, I just sculpt his. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been doing this for how long? How old are you now? I'm, I'm 30. So 30, yeah. So you've been doing this for a while. So you're past the 10,000 hours. Way I past it, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I would think so, because that's a lot of time right there. Still, I, I, I still I have to learn a lot. Like, sure. What do you think are the things that you need to learn the most right now? Or what are, what are the, some of the things that you're tackling right now? I think each face is different. So... Whenever I, I pick a new face, mm-hmm. it's a whole new challenge, literally a whole new challenge. Sure. Like sculpting, sculpting heads is different. Sculpting a likeness is like totally different. Hmm. Properly nail it. How do you decide which person you're going to do? Like what, what is it? You just kind of, some, you watch a movie and you're, ah, that person's interesting oh, yes. looking? Like Netflix or movie or something. It's sure. Like, ah, I like, I like the face. Even if I'm watching a movie in theater, I try to grab, you know, like when I, when I watch Somebody, I try mm. to feel the volume, how much is, okay, his eyes have this much volume, his cheekbone is very prominent, his nose has asymmetry, I, I think like that kind of stuff. Sure, you're just digesting it and like trying to figure out what it is yeah. about the character. Is there somebody, do you have a list, do you write that, do you write it down on paper or in, in a document or you just kind of keep it in your mind and work one by one? I just keep in my mind and just try to like, I make different folders, just mm-hmm. an empty folder that I'm going to scalp these guys. Mm. So I just like made different, different folders. Yeah, that's awesome. For you, yeah. the learning curve did go from 2D digital to ZBrush. Was that a, was that a long time to kind of grasp that, 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 that evolution in your art? Uh, I don't think so. No? I mean, I, I think I quickly grabbed it. Did you have uh, a teacher that taught you how to use it? Yeah, yeah. In, uh. in, a, in the institute, I just learned how to use ZBrush. Mm. And when I started using it, like, okay, this is the thing I want to do. And I just started doing that. That's also. awesome. And uh, you've been using ZBrush for how long? I uh, think uh, maybe 10 years now. 
10 or uh, nine years, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a, that's a decent amount of time as well. That's great. Yeah. Are you, are you interested in hard surface modeling at all? I mean, like I, I'm interested. I'm actually interested in so many things. Yeah. It's just I'm not able to, you know, I mean, give, give time to them because sure. I'm so much involved in sculpting like head. It's like, oh, I want to turn something <laughs> else. But somehow I end up doing this thing. I mean, that ZBrush. <laughs> I love that you, that you just, you're honest about what you love though. And you just do it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> because if you see my renders, they are like only ZBrush and I don't even know how to render in, in, in <laughs> have you I ever considered to, collaborating with somebody and having them help you with that? And doing, what is it? Have you ever decided yeah, uh, without was, collaborating was, with somebody and having What's that? Yeah, I mean they are they, they are they're helping me actually. So some of my friends I talked with and they are really, they are like, okay, man, if you learn rendering, you will be in next level. So they are like very happy to help me. That's awesome. But I'm the one who is like busy enough to like okay. <laughs> Yeah, because that's a whole nother that's a that's a whole nother thing. Um, yeah, that because that's just yeah that'll just eat up all your that will eat up so much more time too is building the shaders and the rendering yeah. and all that stuff. Oh man, it it totally uh, it sucks. But at the same time, it's a it's it's a whole nother level to the experience too. And then you're really going into that next level. Yeah. I was Mache was just showing me this guy Marco Di Luca. Have you seen his work before? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, what the heck? This guy is like, this is insane. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like, like, yeah, because he he can sculpt really incredibly well, and he's also like, his shading and the rendering is like insane. Like, it's I, really good, man. It's really good. Yeah, like this guy is like one of the best I've ever mm -hmm. seen. He, he like beats the Uncanny Valley because the Uncanny Valley is so difficult, right? But man, it's yeah. super yeah. impressive. Yeah, I can't can't believe how good that stuff is. But yeah, that's cool. I'm excited to see where that goes. Are they teaching you a certain type of render? Which one are you looking at using? I think I'm going to use like for beginner, right? Like I'm considering myself a beginner, like totally. So I'm going to go with Arnold. Yeah, Arnold's the best for yeah. skin, I think, for, for human likeness. And then there's V-Ray, obviously, as well. Yeah. I've seen incredible things come out of Keyshot, too. But Arnold is amazing. It was very expensive, that Arnold program. Mm -hmm. For rendering i think it's like three or four thousand dollars or something like that isn't it oh, okay. yeah it's like that's too expensive guys change the <laughs> price please that's too expensive yeah. that's, it's like ridiculous let's do like a monthly thing or something because yeah. yeah that's yeah it's it's an impressive program the subsurface setup in arnold is mm -hmm. is the best out there i think is that what your friends are teaching you yeah i mean i haven't I haven't had a thought like i had a class with them but they they offered me to teach that's i'm cool. just lazy, lazy enough to like you know the thing is, whenever, even if a small amount of time I get, I just sculpt literally this. So that's, that's uh, actually, that's, uh, that's happen a bad when it happens. Thing. Yeah, it'll happen After when it happens. Feel, when I work on my stuff, I feel very relaxed. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So it's like your, it's like your happy place and yeah, you, exactly. it's where you feel comfortable and stuff. That's good. It's really when you know you're at peace with yourself is when you do your art and then time just flies by, right? You don't even you don't even think about it. You're just kind of doing your thing. And then, Oh, well, you, then you're like, Oh, well, here I am. <laughs> yeah. Then like it's three, it's three o'clock in the morning. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> man, it happens, it happens all the time. Uh, like you get so into the work yeah. and it's three o'clock and you have to go to the studio tomorrow. So yeah. I kind of miss doing freelance. Yeah. 
because in freelance you have more freedom yeah you get to pick and choose whatever it is that you want to do when you want to do it yeah 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 no that's it's um that's great though that's cool to know that what you do is something that you love and that you really enjoy the process of doing it because i think that's um that's a true blessing and i know like it's kind of probably easy to hear it from you at this stage and people are probably like oh you know it's you know, this must have been easy because now it sounds like it's easy, but it sounds like you kind of brushed over probably how difficult it was to get here, <laughs> you know, dealing with like, you know, doing this and not knowing if it was going to work and then just being obsessed with it. And then like, there's many years of your, of your career, I'm sure where your work wasn't very good, Yeah. You know? but then kind of, it sounds like you were just possessed. And once you figured out what you wanted to do, you just kind of did it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I, the thing is, I started doing this without any expectation. Mm. I wanted to be good in this. Yeah. And I wanted to do something which is like, I used to draw portraits, so I wanted to do the same thing in 3D. Mm. And that took me here. And even like, I have I got some questions, like people ask me that uh, about about if I'm going, if I, if, I, if you're doing this, you're getting paid good. If I, if I, so they're thinking about money first. Yeah. Before, like, before the passion. That's a great point because it's true. And I think that leads to people doing really weird things or getting in positions where they're not making the art that they want because they've kind yeah. of started at a weird expectation. Like I want to make X amount of money and do this thing and blah, blah, blah. And then they're not happy ultimately because once you get all past those things, if you don't start it from a place of passion, I think you're going to, you're, you're just not going to be it's just not going to be good, I think, because you're ultimately going to be dissatisfied with what it is that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. You will end up being frustrated, like, because you will expect the quick money because you will, you will try to make. And if you're not able to get that, you're like, what's happening? Yeah. Everything takes time. Everything takes time. Yeah, it really does. I think art takes um, so much time. I think from what I understand, it takes a lot of time to really understand and, and harness the craft of an art form. It takes an entire lifetime and then beyond just for one part of it. Right. Like you, like you say, like you're not, you're not even interested in necessarily like all the shading and the rendering, although mm-hmm. you do pull off some really great renders still. I don't even know how you're doing this in ZBrush. <laughs> uh, is it all ZBrush render? Yeah. Everything is ZBrush. What the heck? Cause like this Donald <laughs> Trump one is pretty impressive. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was, uh, I mean, I did some renders in ZBrush, but other ones are done in, in real time. Yeah. It's pretty so impressive. Yeah. Yeah. The Donald Trump one's pretty funny. We'll have to use that for the banner. <laughs> 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 the hairless Donald Trump. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> no, but it takes so long and you have to be willing to, to put in the time and be okay with just how long it does take. And yeah. And I think that's a, that's great advice for anybody because if you start this thing without, um, really, um, approaching it from a place of like not having an expectation and just wanting to do it because you love it. You'll have a really great career because you'll just, you'll, you won't have to, you won't be relying on money or like social, um, status to be happy, I think, which is good. You don't have to prove to anybody. It's like, and actually in the end you'll have your own thing Yeah, because you'll spend on that particular thing. You'll spend a lot of time. And you have you you'll be distinct with others. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's a great way of looking at it too. I love it. I think it's a very grounded way and approach. It's very mature because it's a. It, I think it's so easy to get lost in like 
especially more now than ever, um, interacting with social media and the likes and all this like weird thing that happens. What's your thoughts on that? Like social media and, and all that stuff. I think it's, uh, I mean, right now what's happening is social media has become a big part of our, of our society mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of good way if you use in a good way and if it can it'd be a bad way also. So it's a, it's a really good way to promote your work, but if you're stuck with the likes and everything, if you're expecting a lot and you don't get that, I mean, that's a bad thing. Sure. How do you manage that then? Like, cause if you make something and like somebody likes it and then you make another thing and he doesn't get as much likes, how do you manage that within yourself? Those expectations? I mean, I just move, I don't stuck with that. That's why, uh, that's what I like about it. I don't attach with artwork. I mean, if, if it's not good, I just like move forward. Mm. I'll start a new one. Sure. Yes. I love your approach. You're like a beast. You're like, ah, just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about much about that. I just like post new things. Sure. You don't get caught up in it. And I think that's what helps you just kind of sustain. And that's what you're, People probably gravitate to that more than ever, more than anything, really. Too they expect a lot of things. Like, okay, if I, this is my best piece, and and this is gonna this gonna change everything. Like, everybody will like it. Everybody they have so much expectation with that. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get it, they will get discouraged about this. Sure, it's tough. So huh? this is, that's a funny thing, you know. So this when I when I was in school, so when I when I used to give like my paper or. Uh, when I was in exams, so when I do, when I, when I see the result, like when I do the sums and all, and I do the paper, I try to expect a less, like as less as possible. Like as, like it's like from hundred, I expect like uh, I will get like thirty four or thirty five. Hmm. So when I get like good marks, so it's like more, you know, because I didn't expect anything, but I got more. Sure. So, so you lower so that, your expectations so that yeah, everything works. Yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that approach. I think that's a good way. It's a good way to, um, to look at it. So it keeps your expectations low and that way you can just kind of carry on basically. Yeah. I think, yeah, because if you, if you're, I think, um, we talk about this a lot in the podcast, but I think if you put the, put the power of people first, in your art and you don't put yourself first, I think it's a very dangerous place for an artist because you're relying on other people for your happiness. But if you can yeah, be happy yeah. within yourself and the work that you make, then you remove that, that weird power. And the thing I always felt was really difficult for me is I couldn't make art for people that I didn't know, but I know myself better than anybody else. So I can make the work exactly. that I like, you know? So if, and if, if the you, work I like, isn't what people like, then I'm, I don't know what to say, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what it is. People tell me, okay, this is good. This is like, like, but I know myself better than anybody else. So I know my weakness. I am weak in, I'm weak in cheating and all. So I know everything. I know my weakness. This is the weakness for me. Yeah. I try to like, I actually have written, written up, written in a page that what I have to like achieve. Mm. So I move in your life or just in general, in general, in general, like even in life, uh, even in what I have to like, what are my weakness, weak points, like, I think this is my weakness, so I have to work on that. This is my thing, I have to work on that. So I have things sorted in my life. That's great. And having that really helps, I'm sure, too. I love yeah. a big person. I'm big on lists as well, and I think it's really important to manifest and write down the things that you need to do. 
because life mm-hmm. is so distracting and there's so many things that get in the way of you being able to do what you want to do. Yeah. But if you have a good course, it usually helps a lot, which I think is great. That's awesome. What's your thoughts on, uh, on work ethic? Cause obviously you have a strong work ethic, but how important mm-hmm. it is, is it? Cause I, the, on the podcast, I've been doing these like brief introductions on some t- certain topics that come up a lot or things that I find interesting. And the yeah. last one I did was on work ethic. What's your thoughts on work ethic and how important it is? I think it depends upon your passion. Like, I don't like I don't force myself to do like I have to do art. Like, okay, um, I have to go home and do art. Like, I don't force myself. It comes from from my inside. Hmm. So work ethic just comes from having that fundamental yeah. like drive. Yeah. 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 So after some time, I feel like okay, I'm not good enough. So I get like some anxiety issue also. Hmm. That you could Actually, be better and that you're that you need to get better. Yeah. So that at, pushes at the that time, Yeah, I mean, as, uh, at that time, I, I feel like, okay, I'm not that good enough. Mm-hmm. I have to push more hard. And I just, like, buy books and all, and study books, uh, study different kinds of things, draw. And I think drawing is really important, even for sculptors. You still draw then? Yeah, I still draw. You still draw, like, um, digitally or on paper? On, on paper. Hmm, Interesting. That's cool. So you, have, you, hold a, you carry a really sketchbook important. and stuff? Yeah, I have, like, in my desk, I have my so many sketchbooks and all. I have books hmm. there. Do you so sketch, just, are you sketching what you do in, in ZBrush and stuff? Or are you, are you sketching, like, just whatever, like, weapons or whatever, random things, landscapes? Or is it, it mostly it's faces? Mostly, it's mostly, like, figure drawing that I, that I like hmm. doing. Do you do live yeah. drawing, too? Oh, yeah, I do that. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. It's a whole different process too. Yeah. yeah. So what, awesome. what, I mean, even with the, with the people right now, so they actually, what I've noticed right, right now in the industry, that people who are like new, who are students, they try to compare their work with the people who are like, you know, they, they, who are the best in the industry. <laughs> and yeah. they yeah. things to be, they ask me like, there's any technique, there is any tips to, improve they they like they like quick result yeah but it's not like it's everything. yeah so they yeah. have like people who are really good in the industry they spend like people like you i mean you have spent you know years and years yeah you just i mean i've been going at it since i was i mean same thing as you i have a very similar story where i've been yeah. incredibly passionate about what i do the thing the thing that might be a little different from us is your your focus is much more finite and right on it like you're doing a very finite thing whereas i'm like all over the place like interested (laughs) in too many things photography to drawing to zbrushing so but the but yeah you you do it you do it your entire you do it your entire life and you dedicate your life to it and and i think that's when you really start to because it's going to be really cool like you're 30 now but like imagine the work you're going to be making at 40 you know or 50 And like how much, if you continue to be humble, because that's one thing I really appreciate is you obviously have incredible skills, but you're very humble about it. And I think that's another really important trait that I think, uh, that, that successful people have, they're very humble because they know how much they have to learn and how hard it was to get here and how much further they need to go. Those are the true best people, I think, because how humble they are by the fact that they really don't know everything, you know? And then yeah. nobody does, you know, because the moment you say, I know everything and I'm the best, you're like, oh, no, you're not. It's yeah. scary. You know, it's a scary thing to say. But 
No, I, I find that fascinating. That's really cool, man. I appreciate that. Um, before we wrap this up, is there anything that you wanted to make sure you mentioned or talk to to your fans or anything that, that you should be looking out for from you in the in the near future? Uh, I think I just want to say like people who really want to be good in likenesses, I mean, just just do it. There's no way around. Just do as many as many sculpts as you can and try to learn from each sculpt. Because it's it's a journey. You know, the more you do, the more you learn. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen to that. Simple advice, but incredibly powerful and totally real. <laughs> and huh. everybody in every walk of life, from MMA MMA fighter to Formula One driver to anything, an astronaut, they'll all tell you the same thing that like in order to get to where they were or where they are is is that they just basically kept at it and worked really hard and, and then that was it basically. And that's what got them to where they are. So they just kept going and kept trying and kept failing until they got better. So hell yeah, man. Well, I'm really excited to see what you create in the future. What you've been making is really inspiring to me and I'm sure the community as well. So, and thank you so much for being so open and sharing uh, yourself with us today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man, for inviting me again. No problem, buddy. Well, have a great day. Enjoy sculpting some more likeness, hotness. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again uh, on another one. All right, there we are. Um, big thank yous to Vimmel for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, let me know, let Andrew and I know what you guys think of uh, the new kind of intro process. If there's topics that you want us to kind of focus on or cover, let us know. If it's something that I feel that I'm worthy of even talking about, I'll do it. Um, if not, then I, maybe I'll have to bring on another guest to kind of focus on those kind of things. Um, but I'm hoping that it's going to give you guys value and inspiration, kind of take these things and, you know, make, make, do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, again, big thank you for, to Vimmel for coming on. You can find the links, obviously, as usual, to the show notes for this week's episode at The Collective Podcast. And for this episode, it's going to be slash 186. You can also find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, and our iTunes podcast page. You know the drill, everybody. Have an amazing day. Take all this stuff. Go out there. Be powerful. Be prolific. See everybody.